Hello everyone, I'm Sergeant Major of the Army Retired Dan Daly, and welcome to this edition of AUSA's Army Matters podcast series. I'm honored to be co-hosting our podcast today with the Association of the United States Army Family Readiness Director and host of the Family Voices podcast series, Ollie Daly. Ollie, thanks for co-hosting today's podcast with me. Hi, Dan. Thank you for having me. Sold it today in Family Voices podcasts are products of the Army Matters podcast series at the Association of the United States Army. Both Soldier Today and Family Voices focus on those topics that are relevant and needed by our soldiers and their families serving the regular Army, the Army National Guard, and the Army Reserve. Today, Holly and I have the honor of co-hosting two individuals who are no strangers to both the Soldier Today and Family Voices podcast, the 16th Star Major of the Army, accompanied by his wife, Alexandra. Together, SMA Grinston and Alexandra serve as the senior enlisted team advising on all matters pertaining to the soldiers, and families of the United States Army. SMA Alexandra, thanks for joining us and welcome to the studio. Dan, thanks for having us and we're really happy to be here. It's gonna be a great topic and great discussion. Well, we know that your time is very valuable. We greatly appreciate the opportunity of both of you coming back on the show, but let's get right to it. SMA, you have said time and time again, that is important to get to know the members of your squad. Could each of you share with our listeners a little bit about yourselves? Where'd you grow up? SMA, let's start with you, please. Thanks, Dan. This question comes up about how did I grow up? It almost feels like I've gotten comfortable with this story, but I think it's just one of those questions that you always have to go back and remind yourself of, you know, of how you grew up. And it sounds funny that you would have to remind yourself, but it also keeps you grounded in who you are today. So I grew up in Alabama, single mom. She worked real hard. I have a half brother, half sister. I love my hometown. I love Alabama football. We didn't have a lot of money, but it didn't feel like we didn't have a lot of money. It was just how we grew up. Great family home. We were kids. We lived out in the country, and we played outside. We played in the woods. They had to ring the dinner bell just to get us to come home, where we probably wouldn't come in and eat because we were just out playing around so much. So really a great time growing up in a very small town in Alabama with a great mom who really took care of the kids, and she worked really hard. So I think I got my work ethics from her because she just worked hard her whole life, and she's a wonderful person. I was born and raised in Germany. My family lived in a small town in Bavaria, about 200 miles north of Munich. I went to a school that focused on languages, so I took English, French, and Latin, and because I enjoyed English so much, I decided to go to college. I went to the University of Würzburg to study English as a second language and German to become a teacher at a German high school. But then I met Tony and things changed a little bit. After I graduated from college and we got married, I started moving from duty location to duty location. Military life has been pretty interesting. I've enjoyed it. I've learned a lot. We've been to a lot of interesting places. We have Two daughters that are now 17 and 19, and when they were younger, I stayed at home, took care of them, because it felt like Tony was deployed every other year, and then when he came back, we moved, so it was a lot of transitions. So I stayed at home, took care of the kids, and volunteered in my free time. Now that we are in D.C., I actually found a part-time job, which I really enjoy, and we just enjoy being here. My daughter and I just recently, two years ago, created a little garden, and I've been enjoying the gardening very much. And Dan, you can see that by how she grew up, I married up, so, you know, I'm really lucky. So 
SMA, many of us have married up. It's <laughs> that you have too. So, uh, well, let me turn it over to my better half. And I know she has a question about some of the things you said, Alexandra. Well, I will say, Alexandra, I have seen your garden and you have an absolutely wonderful green thumb. <laughs> and I have a question for you. I know our listeners would love to hear the story. So I have to ask, how did you both meet? Well, Tony was stationed in Germany, about 30 minutes away from my hometown. And I think he had been in Germany for about a year. And one Friday night, he and his friend decided to go to a club in my hometown. And I was home from college that weekend, went out with one of my friends, and just happened to meet Tony. And we talked and got along. And 25 years later, we're still together. (laughs) Well, that's a great story. and It's like 28 years, but I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, Mary. We, do. we always have a debate over this date, but uh, yeah, it's been a long time. It's great. Well, we're proud of both of you, and to be married that long is a great accomplishment. So thanks for sharing your stories. Alexandra, you mentioned something about transition. In SMA, transition has been a focus for you and the Army leadership. With all the moves you and Alexandra and the kids have made, what are some keys to success that you've learned along the way? But then I think there's keys to success, and then there's, I don't know, Alexandra did it all. So so I would say there's always three things that I'm always worried about every time I move. I don't think it's changed my whole career. It's like, okay, where am I going to work, where am I going to live, and where are my kids going to go to school? If we could just get those right, I think every move goes better. And as you transition, I think you get your job. So, you know, hey, this is the assignment, but trying to really dig in, get the sponsor and say, hey, which platoon and what unit am I going to? So that helps with the transition. Start early. Don't wait to the last minute to try to find out where you're going to work. Don't wait to the last minute to find out where you're going to do with housing and start early with where your kids are going to go to school. Because I'd like to say everybody knows about the school liaison officer. And everybody knows what we're doing in the Army, but sometimes starting early, I think, is really helpful. If you start early with those three things, I think it'll be a smoother move. And if you wait to the last minute, it's going to be a really big struggle. I think over the years and after 11 moves, I've come to realize that there are many good resources out there that help Army families and on my spouses during any transition process. So please take advantage of these resources. So you have, for example, Military One Source that offers information on moving, housing, schools, education, and employment. It's a really good website. And then they also connect you with moving experts or education consultants to give you personalized help. So I can really recommend Military One Source. But then you also have other organizations, for example, Military Child Education Coalition that helps and supports military-connected children through a variety of service programs and resources. And then my husband already mentioned the school liaison officer at each duty location that can provide information on schools and resources. And every duty location has Army Community Services, and they offer help through their relocation readiness program manager. They have a lending closet. They have welcome packets and other resources. You have all these internet resources, but you also find a lot of help, I think, when you talk to other spouses. Connect with other spouses and ask them about their experiences, what they know about a specific duty location. And I have to tell you that I've met spouses that have really good moving tips. 
I think most Army spouses are experts in moving, and they are more than happy to share moving tips with you. When I was younger, I focused on helping the kids settle in and find a good school, and I always found it helpful to volunteer at the school that my daughters went to because you get to know the teachers and the staff and you meet other parents. And then later on, I focused more on getting all their paperwork together, so really making sure that we have all the transcripts and all the information they need for the next school or then later on for college applications. Melissa May and Alexander, thanks. Those are some great tips and some great resources. Like you said, there's so much out there for families and military members to use. They just got to reach out and ask. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll get back to the next topic in just a moment. Have you purchased your AUSA swag yet? Be proud to show your support for AUSA, which in turn shows your support for the U.S. Army and our soldiers. Check out all AUSA swag at shop.ausa.org. SMA, staying on the topic of transition, many of our listeners are keenly aware that not every duty station is alike. For example, places like Fort Irwin that are quite remote may pose a different set of challenges to military families. What are some of the things Army families should be prepared for when they transition to remote locations, and how can they prepare themselves for what to expect? We've really worked hard on this, really defining inside the continental U.S. what is remote and isolated. And we really needed to define this because we don't say, well, this is remote and isolated. We do actually have a pretty good definition when you're outside the U.S., but what we found out recently in the last year, we don't have a good definition of what that is. And more importantly, as we as the Army define that, then what resources do you get if we have this category of remote and isolated? Is that more MWR? Is it more of this or more that? So, you know, what tips we have if you're going to one of those locations is try to find out what's available at the school. Like, I'll just use Fort Irwin. Currently, the high school is pretty far away from the base. So what are those online resources or online classes we can take? We're trying to increase that, especially I think COVID helped us out with what we could do. You could take some classes in the school, but you could also do classes online if they don't offer the classes that you have. And we've been working really hard with the school system in that area to make these resources available. And some of this is not just all military. It's literally working with the local school system. So that's number one, finding what resources are there and then prepare for it, especially when it comes to schools. Also, you know, just kind of preparing yourself to be without some things. So it's not just for everyone would say recruiters. If I'm not near a hospital, do I have the right TRICARE prime or am I in the right TRICARE region? Do I have this asset available? And then how do I operate where I don't have those things that are on a very large installation? If you're a recruiter in one of those places, make sure you know how to work the benefits, especially for healthcare. That's normally the number one, especially when we're talking to our recruiters. So those would be the two tips that I would give just right off the bat. The last thing would be just enjoy where you're at and find great things no matter where you're located. It feels like mostly stations around the world, I don't have a lot of one location. I didn't stay at Bragg most of my career. It's just a lot of different locations. But I find where people say, I'm going to enjoy. So we're at Fort Riley. I'm going to enjoy Fort Riley and find the good things. I'm going to be at Fort Trump. I'm going to find the good things. If you want it to be exactly like where you came from, it's not going to be that, no matter what resources are available. 
So a little bit of a master resiliency is hunt the good stuff in those remote and isolated areas. It'll make the location more enjoyable. Yeah, because I think every location has something that is fun and is good for the family or for the soldier or the spouse. Sometimes you have to look a little bit longer or harder, but you always find something that you enjoy. And what I found interesting over the years that sometimes when we went to kind of remote locations, the community was just amazing. I mean, I would make friends right away and we would just have a great community and feel really at home. And that made that location so special to us. Yeah, the Army community sometimes is really closer because that's your community and you got to be a part of it. Thank you both for sharing that and great point on hunt the good stuff, no matter where you're at and bloom where you're planted. So, Alexandra, I'd like to ask you, if you don't mind, you've experienced the Army from almost every perspective as an NCO spouse. Can you talk about some of the differences in how you see programs like the Army Family Action Plan, the AFAP, between being a brigade CSM spouse and then moving to a nominal level spouse and now being at headquarters DA? Well, I think at brigade level, you are asked to submit quality of life issues to AFAP, quality of life issues pertaining to family and soldier support, the military health system, civilian employment, and other areas so that senior leaders can find resolutions. But I think on brigade level, you may not really know how effective that's going to be, if that's really helping families down the road. But then as you spend more time as an Army spouse and you get to, let's say, the nominative level, you realize that it's really important. And then I think on the nominative level, you're still encouraged to submit issues, but you're also encouraged to ask other spouses to really voice their concerns and submit issues through AFAP. And then when you get to the headquarters DA level, you can really see that AFAP is important and the issues that are submitted are really being worked. The Army is really trying to solve issues that are brought forward through AFAP and some issues are really difficult and they take a long time to be resolved. But everybody who's involved in that process works really, really hard to resolve some of these issues. And just to give you a number, so last year, in 2020, I was told that since 1983, 721 issues were elevated to headquarters DA, 542 issues were resolved, 167 were classified as unattainable. So I think you can see that AFAB is really worth everybody's time, issues are being resolved, and a lot of times issues can lead to legislative changes, policy changes, and improved programs and services. So I can only encourage spouses at all levels to find out about the Army Family Action Plan program at their installation and get involved. Well, thank you. SMA and Alexander, one of your responsibilities is to manage and mentor the Army's enlisted nominative population that we've been talking about. For our listeners out there, that's our most senior enlisted NCOs and their spouses that are working for general officers. For both of you, what are some of the things that the Army's doing to prepare our nominative NCOs and their spouses so they can assist their units with transition? You know, Dan, it's changed over time. And I'll talk about a few things we're even trying to do. But when you and I were growing up in the Army, it was like, okay, well, good luck. Hopefully you figure all that out. So 
We have another class after the Sergeant Majors Academy that really talks about those challenges, like how do you run an installation? And for the Army National Guard, how do you work at the state level with the Adjutant General in your state? Or in the Army Reserve, how do you work in those organizations that are very large? How do you bring those issues forward? What's your role in all that? And that's all done through the nominative leader course. They bring them in a couple of weeks. You get to talk to the Sergeant Majors of the Army. You get to talk to the congressional liaisons here. It's a wonderful program, and it's more. But we're still trying to even make it better. We're trying to add even more things to it to make sure that they're prepared for that level. And we're also looking at is how do we do wellness? So we're talking about see if we can do a little bit more thorough wellness check at the NAMA Leaders course. We've got some pilots that are running with that. So it's not just about here's all the information, but we also want to make sure that those people are healthy. We've asked a lot physically and mentally from our nominative leaders in the Army. And I think that's one of those things that we're trying to incorporate also, mentorship program and more health to make sure that we have healthy nominative or majors that are ready to go for all the stress we're going to put them through. Yeah, and thanks to Holly, we have <laughs> the nominative South Seminar at Colorado Barracks, and that's a one-week course that aims to prepare nominative spouses for their informal role at the senior executive level. And that seminar covers a variety of topics such as protocol, ethical and legal considerations, public affairs and social media, resiliency, expectations, and so much more. And that seminar helps to develop skills, enhance knowledge, and also offer an opportunity to exchange ideas with peers and interact with senior nominative spouses. And I can only encourage new nominative spouses to attend if they can. It's really worth their time because you learn a lot and then you also make those connections with other nominative spouses. Well, thank you, SMA and Alexandra. So if you don't mind me asking, you both will be participating in AUSA's family forums this year during the annual meeting. What are some of the things our listeners can expect to hear about, and what topics do you expect that families will be bringing up during the forums? So if you don't mind, Alexandra, can we start with you? Sure. I think there are several topics that will always come up when you have a discussion about quality of life, housing, child care, health care, and spouse deployment. And Family Forum 1 will cover these topics and give families information about many digital applications that are helpful. And as always, the family forums will consist of knowledgeable panelists that can share current information and answer questions. That's Family Forum 1. And then we have another highlight. That's one of my personal favorites, the Senior Leader Town Hall, that, again, will provide good discussions and answers to many questions. And the new event this year is AUSA's Modern Protocol and Evolving Traditions, the Value of Protocol and Traditions in the 21st Century. That's scheduled for Wednesday, October 13th from 10 a.m. to noon. And guest speakers are Mrs. Ginger Perkins. She's the author of Customs, Courtesies, and Traditions of the U.S. Army. Mrs. Yvonne Kuhn, Executive Director and Co-Founder of Operation Deploy Your Dress. And Mrs. Elizabeth Simpson, Chief Protocol Training Program. So that should be a fun event, very informative. And, of course, there's much more, and I think my husband has more information. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, it's a great forum. The culminating exercise is the Senior Leader Town Hall, which is always a wonderful event. You get Secretary, the Chief, and I 
And we want you to come out and we want you to ask those hard questions. And if you don't get it in Family Forum 1 and 2 and the new program, come on out and ask the senior leaders. I say this almost every time I talk with families. I want to hear your emotions. I want to hear what you're dealing with because that's how we're going to make the Army better. So if we don't hear it and we always go, yep, everything's great, then we don't know those issues we need to tackle that only the Army can do. So some of these problems, going back to AFAP, is some of those things that only Army can do. So if it's a legislative proposal, the Department of the Army has to take that on. So I enjoy the family forum, and I really like it. And we're looking at a lot of things that we need to look at. We're working on the Exceptional Family Member Program. I'm sure that'll be one of the topics that's coming up. We've got a wonderful pilot that's going to start this month where we talked about transitions and how we can help transition to a new duty location better. And we've got a website that's going to help them do that. It's a pilot this month. So we're really excited about that. We're still working on some things with single parents. I'm sure there's some topics coming up. I've done a few roundtables to that. But every time we talk with our families and we have their concerns, to me, it's really beneficial, and I enjoy those very much. So hopefully everybody will come out and support those. Alexander SMA, we look forward to hosting you at the annual meeting, which is 11 through 13 October in our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., at the Walter E. Convention Center. And registration is open right now if you want to be part of that family forum in person. And we will be in person 11 through 13 October. And you can register for the family forum and many other events and hear firsthand from the senior leaders of our Army, including the SAR Major, the Secretary, and the Chief, and others. SMA Alexandra, it was a pleasure to have you both with us today, and we know your time is valuable, but we hope you'll come back and join us again, and we'd like to give you the last words. Do you have any final thoughts you'd like to provide our listeners? Let me start because I'll be short. <laughs> thank you, Holly, for inviting us to this podcast, and a big thank you to AUSA for supporting soldiers, their families, and Army civilians. I don't know how I feel about that. You know, I'll be short comment. I don't know if that was implying that I'm a long-winded windbag or something. I, I think so, it's probably, uh, best just, probably best just to let it go, SMA. I, I know, I let it go. So <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. You know, Dan and Holly, thanks for having us. I really enjoy talking about these topics. I mean, when the chief of staff of the Army and the secretary said people are our number one priority, and we looked at it, originally from two years ago, and we said with quality of life, housing, health care, child care, spouse employment, PCS moves, and how can we make those things better? This is about people first. It really is about taking care of our people. And when we do these forums, when we talk about them in AUSA, this is one of those things I really enjoy doing is trying to make better housing for our soldiers. How do we help spouses with appointments? And that's one of the aspects I truly enjoy about my job. So thank you for hosting us. Thank you for having us here today. And more importantly, thank you to all the soldiers and families and of all that we have done since I've been in the Army for 33 years. Our Army is incredible, and our families stand by our Army. And every day I'm thankful for what they do, and that's why I enjoy talking about these topics to make the Army a better place. Well, SMA, Alexander, Holly, and I have enjoyed having you on the show. I can tell you, we are blessed to have both of you as our senior enlisted leading team, taking care of our soldiers and our families of the United States Army. 
Our time has come to an end to close this edition of Army Matters Podcast. All of us here at the Association of United States Army want to thank SMA Michael Grinston and Mrs. Grinston for joining us today. As Army alums, I can say from all of us across the country, thank you both for all you do for our soldiers and their families. To all our listeners, thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Army Matters Podcast on iTunes and everywhere podcasts are found. The Army Matters Podcast Series is brought to you by the Association of the United States Army, the U.S. Army's professional association, member-supported, Army-connected. Visit us at AUSA.org for more information or to become a member. Your membership helps AUSA continue to carry out its mission to educate, inform, and connect with the total Army, our industry partners, and our supporters of a strong national defense. For questions or to provide topic recommendations, email us at podcast at AUSA.org. Have a great Army Day. Hua.